Hi everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Surplus Population. This episode is about what sources we can trust and it was recorded a while ago so there are a few references to the 2016 election but I don't think I said anything too embarrassing in my predictions. So without any further ado, here's the episode. Previously. Once again, things that no one ever thinks about. (laughs) Almost no one has one testicle. I'm so smart. Hi, everyone. I'm Thomas. And I'm Simone. And this is our podcast. Hey, Simone. Reality star Tilik Tequila just said that the earth is flat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you know her? Oh, Oh, yeah, I do. I remember her. I was a senior in high school when I first saw her her music video i don't know yeah she she was like big on myspace and youtube but she just said that the earth is flat who are you to disagree with her well who am i thomas <laughs> who am i we answered that on another episode i think. I would say i'm a person who has observed a photo of the earth and it is indeed a sphere well when you saw the photo it, it was a, a circle but anyway yeah the conversation i wanted to get into today was what what kind of sources can we trust because obviously nowadays with social media and facebook we notice a lot of misinformation going around and i, I want to kind of get into mm. what sources can we trust uh, what kind of sources do you trust science i think um my number one source of credible information at in the past few months has been Thomas Long. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you for that. You're welcome. But I also I'm I'm a I'm pretty good about googling things and then deciphering whether or not a website or at least an answer to a question is credible or not. I mean, I have found some really great answers to questions on Yahoo Answers because the person who answered the question they had good sources, you know, or, yeah. Uh, good sources, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 and I'm I'm a fan of a good, you know, scientific study. Yeah, I I think you bring up a good point. I didn't really think of that, but it's nowadays a lot of people just get like a gestalt of I don't know exactly what sources to trust, but I just get a feeling because I I've done it so many times. I understand that there are certain answers that can't be trusted, or maybe even how someone writes their answer, or uh, how even the design of the mm-hmm. website might influence what we feel like we can trust. But I want to get into yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, that's kind of how I was, um, my first job when I lived in New York was a Craigslist scam and I totally fell for it because they had this beautiful fake company website. All their employees had LinkedIn profiles. It was like, it was to the T. Oh, what happened? It was professional. I got a check in the mail for $5,000 that said, go buy toys for the orphans and then deposit the rest into a Western Union account. I could not make that up, Thomas. Mm. There's no way I could make that up. (laughs) Uh, Sorry to hear about that. Well, so you brought up science and that was what piqued my interest in this question, which was that, like, I I believe highly in science and the scientific method, but there was a pretty damning study that came out recently that only 40% of published psychology work is reproducible. The the researchers studied 100 different psychology studies uh, in recent years uh, so i think all the all of them were after 2008 but they tried to replicate them they even t- talked with the authors and they they only matched the results of, of the original study about 40 percent of the time so with oh this study is called estimating yeah. the reproducibility of psychology science it's part of the open science collaboration and i was just wondering does would this change your view on science or how, how would it how would it affect your view on scientific findings or reading something in the news that's like oh a psychologist say that this new thing came out 48 percent no 40 percent 40 percent yes 40 percent were reproducible Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's very low. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I that is pretty disheartening. I would say. Well, I mean, I guess in general, I know that psychology is. I don't know. Is saying that psychology is subjective accurate or not subjective? But somehow, I don't. I feel like I've always had an idea that psychology is not an exact science I, I understand what you're saying it's like there's so many complex things going into the brain that it, it's easy to believe that it's hard to pull out the particular variables that might influence uh, a given decision like oh does ice cream influence people's voting behavior or, so, or something like that they, they've done studies like similar along those lines like I, i'm trying to remember it's like what day of the week influences people's voting patterns or if they'll vote for a man over a woman or you might get uh, one result w- one time but then there's so many other variables the next time you try to 
that you won't find the, sa the same result just because of other variables might influence it because it's a complex system. So yeah, that was my initial thought on the matter. And I thought psychology is like very complex and sociolo sociology is more complex and biology is like less complex. And then chemistry is less complex than biology. And then physics is less complex than chem chemistry. And then like math would be like the least complex. So we would expect biology to ha have higher reproducibility, if that makes sense, right? Is that, is that something along the lines of what you're saying? I just think it's hilarious that physics is quote unquote less complex than <laughs> well, I mean, sociology. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. But anyone who like me who would go to a sociology class <laughs> or if you're at a registrar, mm -hmm. you know, signing up for classes and you're like, all right, am I going to choose <laughs> astrophysics or sociology 101? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Well. For most of us. No, I, 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 okay, you're right, you're right. You make a good point. I, I mean that the systems that they study are often yes, more complex. I got that. Yeah, or I there's more that. variables that you need to study with that. But sure. there, they linked in this open science collaboration paper, they linked to these other drug studies, which, which would be biology. And there were studies that tried to reproduce, like, if this receptor is active when you add this drug to the system. So this, this is a biological study, and they could only reproduce 11 to 25% of these studies. <laughs> I know, and that, that's drug trials. And that's not going to no. the next level of the drug trial. That's just trying to do the same study. Mm. It was trying to do the same study and, and see if you get the same results. Okay, so was that just one scientific study or can that be generalized to all scientific studies well yeah that, no that's a good question i mean we don't right now we don't know the answer i think it's an open question i, I thought they studied it because psychology might predicted psychology to have this problem but they, they said the reason we studied psychology is because we're a psychologist it, this should be done in all fields and to try to see what the replicability is in all the other fields so oh i don't i don't gosh. know what is in chemistry i i think it's really good or i would expect it to be really good in like computer science or mathematics it's or uh theoretical physics because you can do all the all the stuff on right on the paper it's, if it's just a derivation you can't really i don't know it'd be hard to not have that reproducible what are we like eight minutes into this episode and i'm already questioning everything that i have ever learned <laughs> yeah so are there any studies oh. that you kind of took as maybe gospel that that were trotted out in the news and now you might call them into question well sure i mean i guess there's larger ones that I guess have come to become sort of very famous and the, like the standard of, well, not the standard, but setting a margin for understanding human behavior. And then some that sort of justify, justify my own life. Mm. Oh, I remember in psychology class, psychology 101, mm -hmm. we were talking about same-sex adoption. I don't know why this was really a psychology thing. That sounds more like a sociology thing. But mm -hmm. the professor brought brought in a study or cited a study of some sort that found that the rates of sexual abuse was highest for heterosexual men. Then the second highest was homosexual men. Third highest was heterosexual women. and But the lowest was homosexual women. And part, well, at the time... It was conflicting because I was, well, I guess I, I always cheered about it because there are a lot of ideas about gay men being highly, like there are high rates of child predators mm. in the gay community, things like that. Or that was the theory and definitely in the or, uh, late yeah. 60s and 70s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With those awesome videos. Here we see a homosexual. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those things. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> so I guess like though, like I would like, I would like to see how those are reexamined. But I also, there are also some like, I don't know, like really big ones, like the Milgram experiment, experiment or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. I mean, that was only one study. They're, right. That was only one. They're never able to reproduce that. I mean, or I, I think some people have done some re reproduction on it, but it's a, people don't usually reproduce that study. Because of the immorality yeah. of, or the alleged immorality of the study. Right. But I, I have, I always sort of liked that study because I, well, first I find it fascinating. I always liked that study because I guess for a large part of my life, I've always felt like I was actively moving away from what people told me to do. Mm -hmm. And something like that study validated my I guess obsession with refusing to do what I was supposed to do or what I was at, what I was always asked to do mm -hmm. and how that could be a good thing and how disobedience is not the norm. That doesn't mean 
it's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I think you bring up a good point that, I mean, we all have the answers that we want. And the, and there's the psychology experiments that they like conform with what our original opinion was. So we, a, a lot of people will just start to accept those. And then they'll kind of ignore the studies that would disconfirm their beliefs as outliers. But I, I, if we want to get into like, like how, how we can objectively analyze these, if we're, you know, I, I get into a lot of debates. So it's like, I have this study and you have that study. And then are, is it just as relativistic as if we were arguing without these studies you know so is, is it is it just our my opinion versus your opinion or can we incorporate these studies and in, into um, some kind of more objective means of analysis and i i did want to go into the same sex couples study i think that's what we were talking about before the podcast about same sex couple studies like how 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 do they fit into this like new paradigm uh, of the irreproducibility of like papers well first first of all the effect usually wasn't the opposite of the study if that makes sense so it's like over 80 percent of them did not have the opposite of the effect if we had a study that showed that there was some kind of effect it, it's usually not the opposite effect or, or and, and if you have something where there's no correlation with a given variable then there's kind of a good chance that that given variable is is not statistically significant in either direction so if if same-sex couples like a lot of the studies show that as a variable same-sex couples don't raise better or worse kids than mixed sex couples because all kids are terrible (laughs) so well there are variables that correlate with better outcomes for kids or worse outcomes for kids like i'm pretty sure like income has a you know, yeah, um, I was gonna say money has a, a correlation with better parenting or or worse parenting, but but it, we, I think we could say pretty confidently confidently that income has more of an impact on kids than the mixture of sexes of the the couples. Also, I I know that there are studies that show that single parents have like worse outcomes for kids on average. Uh, as opposed to couple any any couple at all, even if it, even if it's a same sex couple. And I I want to kind of bring science back up uh, of it because i i don't think it that this yep, study drop is... some science on me thomas <laughs> okay. well, so it. i don't think this study is as damning as a lot of people reported or as a lot of people mm-hmm. might flippantly think that oh well science is just as unreliable as what, what my grandmother tells me about about her, her common sense ideas about about uh, the world or or what some radio talk show host what his opinions are how, how is it any be different? careful out there <laughs> yeah the internet so, how, uh, how is a psychological consensus or more generally a scientific consensus like what does it matter with that there is scientific consensus in the first place so i would say that this study was only looking at individual papers so an individual paper the findings of that only has a 40 percent chance of being reproducible or being within the 95 percent confidence interval of reproducibility it, it it's still likely to have the effect in that direction maybe not as strong as the original paper proposed but because in publishing uh, there's this bias to get new information people aren't doing replication studies like this and i that that's a problem the the, the study suggested doing more replication but if you want to if you want to just think of what does this study tell us about if i have three papers that that show that there's some kind of variable of correlation between different things and they all show very similar results what what's the chance that that effect is actually there as opposed to if I just have one paper that that supports those results, Th- does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm I'm gonna get statistical for a second. So, as I, I just want to make oh, sure. Geez. I'll, I'll... Let me get some popcorn. It, when we're talking about probabilities uh, of the chance that the hypothesis is not true, you, you would you would look at what, what's the chance that the it's called the null hypothesis is true. So there's a 60% chance that there is no effect if you just have one paper. Would you be able to stop me if I'm if I start making no sense? Oh yeah, I have no oh, problem okay. with. Okay, you know, thank you, thank you. Just jump in. If, yelling, if this, shut up. Yeah, yeah. Just jump in if this start, starts making no sense. But there's right, 60% a sixty percent probability that it'll be fine if it's just one paper. No, no, no. Sixty percent probability that one paper is wrong. Oh shit! I know. Shit! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only forty percent paper uh, probability that. Damn it! Yeah, yeah. Damn but it. but if you have two, but if you have two Christ papers, Christ hanging on the cross. Okay, uh, but Sorry. but if you have. Yeah, if you have two papers and they both show the same result, then a simple analysis would just be to multiply 60, 60% by 60% and you get 36%. So if two papers show the same thing, then there's only a, a 36% chance that the effect is not within what they found. So that means there's a um, a, a 65% chance that there is the effect. Hmm. And then if you have three papers, then you just multiply that again by 60%. So you take 60% of 36%, and then, and then you just do that on and on. 
Okay, but what is the likelihood of there being multiple papers for the same study, for the same type of experiments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And because people aren't doing as many replication studies as would be advised by this new paper, yeah, you're definitely right that people aren't necessarily testing the exact same thing on a new paper or nobody wants to do to. things that somebody else has already done <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah all, but when you have want a... to discover mm -hmm. things i i know yeah yeah but uh there are many effects in psychology there are many effects that are replicated just by you're doing a study so you have to replicate this other effect because you're building off that last effect mm. yeah and, there, and there's many psychological effects that have been shown and there, it's pretty much without question because if you multiply by 60 percent over and over and over it once you once you have 10 experiments that all show like priming uh, you ever hear of priming it, it's like when you if i if i say no. certain words to you it will kind of make you think more in line with those words like like if i start oh talking, yeah 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 mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so there's been many priming experiments i, I don't know i typed it in and well, let's just say there's like a thousand a thousand papers that all show priming as, 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 then the chance that priming it is not a true effect it, it, just by this analysis uh, would be 60 percent times 60 percent over and over a thousand times and, and it gets to like astronomically low numbers. So if you just wanted to ask how many papers would you need before you had a 99.9% chance that the effect is real. And to get to that size, you, you only need 14 papers. So that, that's not a huge astronomical amount. And then you could say with, with very high confidence that this effect is a real effect, as long as there's no systematic bias going on. Who's going to do that, though? Are there teams of people who just replicate and replicate and replicate? Things? Well, not always very, very specific. The, the papers aren't always focused on very specific effects, but they do try to replicate like similar effects. Like with priming, you might you might try to look at does priming with words about old people make people walk slower, which is one effect that they showed. <laughs> wrinkly, short. Yeah, or, or what's that? Go ahead. Oh, or or uh, you know, does making people think about chocolate cake uh, does that make them want to eat chocolate cake more, or, or you know, whatever the effect Moist, is? Moist, crumbly, dark, <laughs> frosting. Oh, oh, okay, you're doing you're doing fine. <laughs> yeah. So if we look at studies that we were asking about with same-sex couples I, I i was seeing a few different talks about it i, I know there's that there's at least 21 studies that are they don't they don't have a systematic bias or they and they were good good sample size so there's about 21 studies and if you so that's over 99.9 percent .9 a chance that th this effect mm. or th that this is a reproducible effect so it, you would expect to see it in all future experiments and it, it doesn't seem to be a, a strong factor it's also like when if you can't find an effect then that's kind of a good indication that the effect is not there if you're trying to find like you know you can massage the data to find effects so not seeing an effect mm, i love it, massaging data yeah okay well i would like to say mm -hmm. that although this is shocking in a way i would never guess that 40 percent were unable to be replicated no no 40 percent were replicated around oh that. fuck yeah. i keep getting it backwards <laughs> yeah yeah 60 percent mm -hmm. were unable to be replicated yeah uh, but i think you should lead with that instead of saying 40 percent oh were replicated oh okay just, okay six, just say 60 percent were unreplicated yeah i guess i was unreplicable just... yeah un is that a word <laughs> yeah uh, yeah sure. um all right well i was i would like to say that this kind of, this could probably work to our advantage we can probably say Okay, uh, there are probably some studies out there that... Oh, oh, I know of one that I... Wait, wait, uh, sorry, real quick. I did want to mention real quick that this analysis doesn't really... I, I don't really know how to deal with studies that came out with the, op with the opposite effect. So if I did five studies with same-sex couples and those five showed no effect, but then I did a sixth one and there was an effect in either direction, I wouldn't know how to incorporate that. I, I, I don't know exactly how to incorporate that. So that, that kind of complicates things. But if you, you know, if it's replicated over, if it's replicated like five or six times, you have like a 95% chance that, that this effect is a real effect. So it, it does start to get pretty high very quickly because you're talking about powers. A anyway, go ahead. Sorry, what, what were you saying? Can I talk now? Yeah, yeah, Thank sorry. You. I just wanted to finish that off that thought. I wanted to say that there are probably things that I would not mind if they could never be replicated again. Oh, what's that? <laughs> and we just buried them. So I'm obsessed with visualizing my future. I don't know why. I'm a daydreamer. Mm -hmm. It just happens. But I remember seeing a study that said that visualizing your success leads to failure like positive it suggested that positive visual visual visualization is more than ineffective it's basically counterproductive because 
thinking of only positive fantasies of success pulls all the energy out of your ambition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think I heard a study. I would like that to die and be buried (laughs) because I would like to think that my daydreaming is you know, getting me somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's where we can apply the analysis. And Uh yeah, so first of all, uh, we would say there's a 40% chance that this is an actual effect if it's just one paper. But is it just one paper would be the first question. Or is there some kind of literature that where there are multiple papers that converge on on this fact space? And I I just have to say, like, we can't just read a, a newspaper and says study says oh i found it i found it oh okay so i i I don't know if i can do this from the the journal of experimental social psychology 2011 oh okay see well we can't just say with one paper if there's multiple papers that show this effect we can be more confident with it but i i will say that even with just one paper the opposite effect is probably not true or it's over 80 percent chance that it it the opposite effect or it's over 80% chance that the opposite effect is not true. Wait, what do you what do you mean 80%? So Says, I, there's only a 40% chance that it's accurate or that there is this effect. Yeah, yeah, or around that. Yeah. If this is the only paper. Yes, yeah, if, if that's the only paper. But So then, where are you getting 80% from? Well, it could just be that there's no correlation either way, right? Sure. Or it could be that the opposite effect is true and that visualizing your future is actually helpful or beneficial to actualize in that future but the opposite effect is less likely than i I think the zero effect would be uh, possibly the most likely effect but Mm. but the the effect that um it is likely that visualizing visualizing your future will not be helpful or beneficial is that that's also very very likely you know 40 percent. do you think there's a difference between actively like visualizing your future like I, i think a lot of people are obsessed with the whole idea of manifestation whereas my visualization is far less intentional okay this could be another podcast all <laughs> yeah 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 I, I so yeah I, I can't really do this on the fly I, i'm not i'm not sure it, it's a, an interesting idea oh, I, didn't I, write I, notes on it can't talk about it <laughs> yeah next yeah, we need to read a bunch <laughs> of papers on it or, or whatnot <laughs> and so that's my first defense of science that mm-hmm. when you have like a consensus after multiple papers I, I'll, I'll just throw out 14 as a number because then you have 99 this effect would only be there's only a 0.01 percent chance that the effect is not there. So once you have a lot of papers converging on a fact space, then it becomes very likely that that thing is true. Like the second law of thermodynamics, there's like a hundreds of thousands or, or millions of papers that support the idea of the second law of thermodynamics. So that, that's really not going anywhere, and, or at least not due to, the, to this effect, or, or the speed of light or, um, you know, it, the atomic weights of certain elements. Like th- those, are you, those are replicated in multiple studies just as like the first step in doing the study, just like calibrating your machines and all that. So there are, are many effects that we can believe from these scientific studies, even if there is low replication rate with the given results of a particular study. So and that's my first defense of science. The second defense is that... Defense of science. <laughs> defense, defense of science. Of yeah. science. yeah. So uh, the, the, the second component is just that there's really no great alternative to science. So if science has this low of replicabil- replicability, then I would, I would like to see the numbers on, and I, I have a few of the numbers, on how good are other author- authorities? Like how, how much can we believe, say law enforcement or how much can we believe political scientists or how much can we believe just our folk naive psychology have you ever heard the term folks folk psychology it's just something that you might say like opposites attract you know <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just sayings that people throw out you know what is interesting i was having a conversation with my friend at work mm-hmm. we were outside walking over our lunch break and it was a sunny day and i mentioned that i was vitamin d deficient mm-hmm. after I, after getting my hormone levels checked and she asked why. And I said, well, it's probably because I wear SPF 40 sunscreen every single day. And she was appalled that I was wearing sunscreen because she believes that if you it's like not natural or make something. if you well, if you make and you eat bone broth, the natural collagen in the bones will go into your skin and your skin won't absorb the sun rays. And I started, you know, my defense of science. Mm-hmm. Um, or just like she doesn't really know that. You know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I started my defense of science and, and, you know, explaining that there are many, 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 many studies showing the harmful effects of UVA oh, yeah, yeah, and UVB okay. rays on the skin. Mm-hmm. 
And she said, well, how, how are we supposed to believe? How do I know what these people are, are doing anyway? Like these yeah. scientists, that's what she said. These mm-hmm. scientists, yeah. Yeah. like how, why am I supposed to just believe these people and what they put out? Yeah. yeah. And I didn't, I mean, I couldn't really argue with that statement. I mean, well, I, w- I would say that, that, that there is constant pressure from other scientists to criticize our peers. So peer review is, is the main mm. reason I, I trust, or it's one of the main reasons I trust science over other fields. It's just that people are constantly trying to undermine each other. And so if we talk about like psychology <laughs> versus a, a self-help guru, like the self-help guru doesn't get his book peer reviewed. He just has his own life experience. And then he kind of tries to apply that to everyone else. And, or if we look at the whole natural movement that we see nowadays, where people are distrustful. Bone of, broth. Yeah, bone broth. Yeah, I, I don't know if she <laughs> reads The Food Babe. You ever broth. hear of The Food ba- food Babe? No. Oh, yeah. She, she's just like completely, she's very unscientific with her analysis. And she, she's not really looking to highly justify her positions. I believe she's the one who got Subway to take a certain chemical out of their sandwiches because they use it in yoga mats. But that, that doesn't really tell you whether it's harmful or not. <laughs> so yeah, the, the main point being that she doesn't like when there's a large, long chemical name on whatever we're talking about, you know, the food, the food stuff. So she doesn't like, like to eat anything with a long chemical name. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, how much could we believe her? And I would say that there's even less reason to believe many of the like gurus or naturalistic writers who aren't using science, scientific studies to back up their sure yeah and then or uh, you know religion is often making pro- proclamations and how much can we believe religion over over uh science and or, and what about individual testimony we, we or, cannot let's not go there okay <laughs> this is not thanksgiving yeah, dinner yeah yeah, yeah. I, sorry i was i'm just saying that there's a lot of alternatives to science that i think are all <laughs> they all do worse and i would love to hear from listeners if they have alternatives or whatever they w- w- would like to bring up but i i, I think pretty much all of them can be dismissed because there are just so many problems that like they aren't peer reviewed. They aren't, they aren't constantly critically thinking. Uh, uh, oftentimes people aren't critically thinking and trying to disprove their original hypothesis, which we, which is what we're constantly talking about in science. I, I don't usually hear these conversations when people are, are political pundits or whatever. They're, they're not trying to disprove their own positions. Yeah. I, I did want to bring up law enforcement and I know you've been listening to making a or you just watched making a murderer and serial yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just binge watched making a murderer yeah I, I i listened to the first two episodes of the second season of serial i haven't really gotten into it yeah but you watched the original um, series of serial so and I, yeah I so like what, what do you it, think yes. of like law enforcement i mean we i, I was kind of when i was growing up i, I kind of like just believed what the cops said and it's it, I, I don't know my views have sure. been evolving on that but I, I was wondering what your thoughts are or how they evaluate like what's going on. Well, it's interesting because I've had my personal interactions with law enforcement have generally been good. Yeah, me, me as well. Um, I've only been pulled over once or twice. Once was for my headlights were off for some reason. And once I got pulled over because the person behind me was tailing me. So I went a little bit faster to get farther ahead of them mm-hmm. but that person ended up being a cop ah. and i i couldn't tell because their headlights were blinding me because they were so close to my bumper but they all let me go i mean i've never had any sort of ticket or accident i have a perfect driving record which is i'm really lucky i guess or just a really good driver mm-hmm. i would like to say but at the same time i have i really don't trust cops and police at all And I guess that's just built up overhearing experiences from a lot of other trans people or any friends of color that I have who've had bad experiences or just watching, for instance, my uncle. I have an uncle who used to be law enforcement in Durham, North Carolina, which has a relatively high crime rate, lots of gang activity. And I remember him making Trayvon Martin jokes at Christmas to hear a police officer making light of that whole situation mm-hmm. was I thought I just thought it was horrible and I know that that is sort of that the dichotomy that a lot of particularly white male police officers have with one another mm-hmm. just because I've seen it in those situations so cops I, yeah I don't bacon. think we have enough time to do with the whole racial aspect of everything I, I was just going to bring up uh, yeah. one particular aspect that, that really undermines the whole enterprise of the law enforcement agency, not, not just cops, but also prosecutors and judges and uh, all these other things. I wanted to bring up that 
there's this idea that a lot of people have. There's a paper that says um, 73% of law officers, 75% of prosecutors, they believe that confidence in testimony is it highly correlates with the reliability of that testimony. So people... Uh, the people who are doing the prosecuting, if they if someone gives them a statement and they're like, I'm 100 percent certain it was that guy that did it, it, then they're highly confident that that person is telling the truth because they mm-hmm. are because the person sounds confident. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. But in this that paper... came up in making a murderer because. Oh, yeah. Will it be spoiling if I say this? <laughs> I don't know. If you feel like it's spoiling, don't say it. Well, the, the a victim said that is a person hmm. that is the person who did the crime to me. Yeah, or did you hear about that famous... <laughs> yeah, did you hear about that? Yeah, or did you hear about the famous New York case where there was like, I think it was the New York Five. Some woman was raped. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then, she, yeah, so you probably heard of that. And she was raped and she identified a bunch of people, but it was not them. And mm-hmm. it, it, people assume it was false memory as far as I can tell. Or that's kind of the... Well, I just want to put this out real quick about the, the whole confidence thing. So this paper I was reading, it's called The Relationship Between Confidence and Accuracy, Current Thoughts on the Literature and new area of research. And here's a quote from them. The majority of the research asserts that confidence is a poor indicator of memory accuracy. And if you want the number for it, it's the R value is between 0.07 and 0.25. So it's not, that just means it's not, it's not correlated very well between how confident you are and how accurate your statements are. One of the reasons that they think this is because some people just talk in a more confident way. Some people are like, yeah, I knew he did it, but you know, they aren't really that confident. That, that That's just kind of how their speech manner is. Or maybe they're just more confident people. This was even said by the Supreme Court in 1972. They said that it's one of their top five ways to analyze how accurate someone's testimony is how confident they are and it's, it's completely against science that doesn't ha- confidence in your statement doesn't have anything to do with or it basically doesn't have anything to do with how accurate someone's statement is so we're operating on this completely bogus principle of when someone's confident in saying something they're right about it and i think we, we're kind of starting to understand it with law enforcement more but when i hear someone on the radio and they're like oh i'm 100 percent certain that like you know say say trump isn't gonna win i i believe them because they sound so confident i don't know about you but i, I definitely believe people when they sound more confident i've been noticing this a lot in myself so I, I i just need to say to myself more often confidence doesn't correlate with accuracy that that doesn't mean it correlates with inaccuracy but it doesn't correlate with accuracy so just because someone sounds really confident about their statement that that doesn't mean that they're correct and i need to say that to myself constantly how about you do you, do you feel that way ever like when you hear someone's confident, you kind of start to believe them. Or well, is this just me? <laughs> I try to sound more confident all the time so that people will believe me more. I try not to I try not to end sentences in a question. I don't know. I try to just say statements in a very confident way and I think it does sort of make you sound a lot more powerful and honest and truthful yeah. and all knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, you're right in that it will get people to believe you more, but you shouldn't believe other people just because they sound more confident. I mean, if you wear nice clothes, people will believe you more. Or if you wear a lab coat, this has been shown in a few studies, that if you wear a lab coat, people will trust you more as an authoritative figure. But that doesn't mean you should that doesn't mean you should trust people with lab coats, coats more. It's just like kind of a, like a bias we have. So I, I'm just saying I, I need to say to myself constantly that don't just don't trust someone just because they sound confident. Don't just trust people in lab coats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was found in the Milgram experiment, actually, like you were talking about, that if the if the la- experimenter was wearing a lab coat, they would listen to them more often. Anyway, yeah, my favorite example is of someone who is really confident, but like often wrong. I, I, I'd like to know the percentage on her, but uh, Nancy Grace. Nancy. Grace. You killed him. I don't know. However, she does it. Yeah. It's Marijuana a... yeah. is the most dangerous substance yeah. that has ever made its way into the hands of the youth of our country. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just real quick, you know, we can't trust, uh, you know, individual memories. There's been a lot of psychology experiments that show like there's false memory. Memories are easily implanted. Flashbulb memories are highly inaccurate. And so there's just so much research on this that it, you can't trust an, an individual's testimony, even if they're very confident. So I, I just want to bring that up. You can't trust the individual, even if they're a respectable person. I, I don't know if there's like correlation between their level of education or anything. I, I, don't, I don't think there is, but we can't just like trust some something because 
what our friends told it, even if the friend is trustworthy. I, I was just wondering if you had any people or that, that you can think of that you trust the facts that they give you, but you don't necessarily trust the theories that they attach to those facts. I know you had one where your computer was not working and someone said it was because Mercury wasn't retrograde. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you you, tr you trust them. If they, if they were like, oh, the, the microwave is not working, you'd be like, oh, okay. And But then it's like, uh, probably no appliance will work because... The Mercury, electronics yeah. <laughs> are, are just bonkers because Mercury's in retrograde. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything's going crazy. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Car, car won't start. Mm -hmm. Hair dryer won't come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, another group of people that people might uh, be inclined to believe are political commentators. And I just want to comment that, that there was this, that this has been research that how accurate are political commentators on predicting the future, which is what you would want them to be able to do if, if they understand what they're talking about. This is the research by Tetlock. He, he just asked them a bunch, an array of questions. And he waited, I think it would be like 20 years or something to double check or to see how, how well their predictions went. And th they were only, they were better than chance but worse than an extrapolation algorithm. So, so an algorithm that that what? just what? an algorithm that just pretty much says nothing changed. Will North Korea be overthrown? A lot of people would say, yeah, it will be overthrown in the next twenty years. But but uh, the extrapolation algorithm would just say say, well, it's not overthrown right now, so no. <laughs> so they didn't do better than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but they did better than chance. It wasn't fifty fifty. So yeah, they would just and uh, one guy actually put out a paper recently where he dug through political people in political positions or political commentators and he individual ones and he tried to see how good of a predictor they were by like trying to find if they made predictions on certain questions and then he evaluated them yeah they, they didn't do that well a lot, a lot of people in particular did very poorly i think hillary clinton got like 50 50 or something like that, you know and uh yeah so I, I, you know it's, it's hard to figure out who to actually trust in the news do, is there any news outlet or news person that you, that you trust in particular? No, not really. I mean, a lot of my friends share very like liberal biased yeah, news yeah. stories, oh, I which I tr trust just as much as Fox News. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's really difficult. I think Associated Press might maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe them. Yeah, that's about it. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's if, hard a, to find. if AP puts something out, I'm generally, I generally think that it's mm -hmm. it's yeah. true. And, and but also, get... I don't trust anything or anyone anymore. <laughs> I know. Especially when... yeah. psychology now. Uh, no, no. I said psychology is the most trustworthy. <laughs> well, clearly, I didn't understand anything that anyone said in this podcast. I'm saying a new psychology theory coming out is 40% reproducible with, with well backing behind it is 40 percent reproducible but someone just making a guess about psychology like that that's even worse like in it doesn't matter if they're confident they only have a sample size of, of basically their own lives so they only have like one event to back up this experience that they're generalizing to other people so it's it's highly unlikely that a given person's predictions are are accurate unless they're they're using the psychological data because psych psychology is you know, has big sample sizes. That was the thing that correlated most with accuracy in, in the study, actually, was l a large sample size. It didn't matter which group it was or how intelligent the given professor was. It mattered how large their sample sizes were. So taking large mm -hmm. sample sizes is very important. And, you know, just believe sure. in someone just because they're your friend and they're giving you relationship advice. I think that's that's like one thing that I look for in any kind of study is, okay, how many people were involved? Yeah, I can give some... Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like... 12 people <laughs> yeah like, oh, yeah okay well yeah. great yeah that's you... basically my lunch hour <laughs> yeah you definitely have the right intuition with that I, I don't know if you saw this study donald trump supporters are embarrassed to say that they're trump supporters did i talk with you about that? i doubt that i <laughs> all the trump supporters i know are wearing the goddamn t-shirt <laughs> yeah but they... make america great again yeah but they it could be there could be even more supporters that are just embarrassed to to say that who Trump have supporters. lots of liberal friends and <laughs> yeah all, all your liberal friends could, could be lying to you. i do i do sometimes think that there are people that i work with who are embarrassed to say that they are conservative people yeah definitely, almost definitely. everyone that we work with is not conservative yeah yeah and th there's definitely that bias against conservatives in, in certain areas yeah i just wanted to bring up th this particular study because i i looked in i dug into it because I, I i felt like you i was like eh, i kind of doubt that and so I, lo I looked into it and uh this is reported in salon and it was on the young turks 
And they found in the study, it said 32% of people in in-person interviews would say that they supported Donald Trump. Oh, this is a Republican voters. So 32% of them said that they supported Trump. But if they did an online poll, 38% of people said that they su supported Trump. So it's not that large of a number. And like you, I was thinking, yeah, well, I was going to say that's, that's a stupid number to compare. <laughs> it's like the same margin of it's like in the same it's, if it's within 10%. I don't think it's it's probably just like a few people. Well, if you have a large enough sample size, you can get the percentage down significantly enough. Well, I'll get into the sample size in a second. But first of all, the the, the effect is very small. You know, six percent. And and Salon, their their the headline for their article read: Even Donald Trump supporters are ashamed to ashamed of him. Many backers are embarrassed to admit it to pollsters. But it's not it's not many backers. It's it's not the it's definitely oh, not the majority Salon. of them. It's a, only a small. I used to really like Salon. <laughs> I know. I mean, they're right sometimes, but it, yeah, they they put out these titles just kind of clickbaity. But I, I hate clickbait. So yeah, I, I think we'll go into what does clickbait mean in the future. But any, anyway, I looked into the study, and you can actually figure out what the margin of error is there's calculators online over, uh, or or you, you can figure out how to do it it's on wikipedia how to how to figure out the margin of error and the margin of error for in the 800 person sample size that that, that they were using is plus or minus like something like 3.5 or 4 percent which, which uh, 32 plus 4 is 36 38 minus 4 is um 34 so that their confidence interval overlaps so you can't even say mm -hmm. this effect exists at all because the sample size was small enough that the the confidence intervals overlap. they're both within the margin of error yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Each exactly other <laughs> yes so I, I can't believe i don't know Hilarious. what and I, I didn't see a margin of error anywhere in in their paper that i i had to do this myself i was like oh 800 people that that's probably within the margin of error but i don't see this is why we need you to be a facebook <laughs> warrior i know yeah uh, which no. is okay <laughs> I, people, also also there was significant listeners, i would like oh. to tell you yeah, sorry. that thomas very much enjoys <laughs> facebook for the sole purpose of correcting people when they share news articles like this. Yeah, yeah. That, that, he and... will do the calculations mm -hmm. and he will drop the science and they will delete their post. But, uh, sometimes. <laughs> Not all the time. Sometimes. Anyway, yeah. but um, Or they'll argue with you. Also, also in the paper, there was significant bias in the different groups. So you, it's not even just the confidence interval. But there was like there was significant, like um, more people would respond online than in person. And, and that, that's a huge additional bias that you're introducing to things. So, yeah, I, I, like, you, like you were saying, it's hard to figure out what studies to believe on these things. And definitely there's a lot of people have their bias and then they'll report like something that confirms their bias but i mean if it went the opposite direction if something goes the opposite direction they they often just ignore that or don't report it or say it's an outlier mm -hmm. but if you want to figure out what the truth is on these issues and you don't think you already have the truth then you need to be really critical of especially your own opinions because we're way more inclined to try to find data to confirm our own opinions so you need to be especially critical of that i mean i don't like donald trump but I, it, it's not right to just throw out these studies when they're given misinformation and it, it was i was very sad to see people reporting on this uh with, without thinking of it critically they and many of the comments just supported it and yeah yeah depressing okay well <laughs> once again we are at an hour well, we did have a, a bit of a break and uh, yeah we, so we can sum up this pot this podcast to a conclusion and i just wanted to say a few things that we can use to evaluate information as it's coming at us because it's it's come comes at us so fast it can be hard to evaluate everything that all this new information that we're, that we get get from people like and uh, so first i would say check the logic yourself did you see this powerball meme that was going around or did i tell you oh, about it oh lord i just ignored everything about the powerball <laughs> yeah my that... father spent like a hundred dollars on powerball tickets oh embarrassing <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. the The meme was that the Powerball is one point three billion, and there are three hundred million people in the U.S. So divide that evenly by everyone, and you could give everyone four point three million dollars. Poverty oh, solved. That's really, that's really bad math. Yeah, I know. And uh, some of my friends <laughs> it, reported it. It's just it. four, right? Yeah. Four point. It's yeah. just four dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's just four. <laughs> yeah, four point three. And yeah, so I, some of my friends reported this, and I know for a fact that they thought it was real, and they just reported it uh, because once I commented on it, it just deleted, and it was never spoken of again. Ah, uh, <laughs> see, see. Yeah. 
I, I think some people were posting it jokingly. So, some some people were posting. It. So yeah, first you need to like we, everyone needs to slow down with with all this posting or reposting. And then you need to say is is well first is it logical? Is it is the effect really there? You know, and then then see if there's multiple sources backing it up. You, you need like you were saying you need to kind of you know work your Google skills or whatever search engine you use skills and read the Wikipedia page. And uh, we can't we can't always read the whole articles on everything, but try to develop the skill to to flip through multiple confirming sources rather than just single sources. I, I've seen many news stories that were... I, I, I've seen news stories where the the reference that they linked to, it, it said this news story was proven to be false. <laughs> and uh, Snopes is a good, it's a helpful source. I have you to thank for bringing Snopes into my life. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I just type in Snopes and whatever the person typed in, and usually I can get a lot lot more information on that. Like I was saying, look for data that disconfirms the research or, or disconfirms the story. And if there's one that, if there's a conflict between the two, you can't just go with whatever the, the post was. You need to figure out, you, you need to dig deeper. It, I mean, and you can't just say that one is true and one's not true just because you saw one first or just because one, you know, aligns with your own beliefs. If you're trying to be intellectually honest with yourself, you need to say, well, I just don't know what the answer is. I, I see a lot of studies like the report that raising the minimum wage has no impact on employment levels but the data from what i understand the data is really mixed on that so liberal sources will, will report it one way and conservative sources will report it another way and my opinion right now is just i have, I have no idea i, I can't I, I just don't have an opinion on that because it, it's there's so much bias in in both both types of studies and i don't know it's just really hard to get to the truth about that there's also a lot of gun studies that i i get very confused about we should probably also admit to ourselves that saying I don't know is a perfectly okay answer when there's so much yeah, yeah. information. I, I Especially when we that. have a lot of friends who, I feel like I have a lot of friends who just really want, want me to agree with them on things mm -hmm. and really get mad when I, when I cannot say definitively that I agree with them. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, de I definitely agree. And there was this another Donald Trump thing that there was a supposed quote that he said he said in like the 90s, oh, sure, if I ran for president, I would run for the Republican Party. They're, they're all so dumb, they'd vote for me. And that was linked. And then I, I found there, there's a Snopes article describing it. And it's like, there that quote was just never found. So there's no information supporting it. So maybe he did say it, who knows, but you, you can't say he did say it, because it, it there's no supporting evidence that he did say it. So, so we, we, we just don't know. Okay. Yeah. Finally, if you really care about the information, you should Definitely read the original paper. I I always find like I was saying about that horrible you know Donald Trump supporters whatever paper. I I, I just read the whole paper and I was like any scientist who reads this is gonna know that the confidence interval is is not acceptable and that there's so much bias in it. There's so many problems with it. So reading the original paper is, is very helpful to understand limitations or or maybe to understand that they did a really good job. There are a lot of researchers who do a great job and that that Trump paper that was not a paper that actually that was a that was from a polling. Well, it wasn't a like a peer reviewed paper. I I don't believe it was from some kind of polling station or was it just some sort of like buzzfeed poll that somebody no no they're extrapolated they're... and then turned it into a news article no those, those are mean... horrible though i know what you mean no it yeah. was from here i it was i don't really care okay okay yeah i really I'll... need to pee and okay. we're at an hour well, and we should wrap yeah it up. I'll, I'll, I'll just finish up oh yeah and just the final thing would be learn more about the field in general. So get get some kind of context for the information that you're trying to, to digest. People often cite how much we're spending on military or food stamps or something. And, and I don't know how telling me that we spend $80 billion on food stamps is it gives me any context for if that number is too big or too small. We need to look at other countries, you know. It, it, so j just try to understand that there's a whole field that we, you need to understand before you can draw conclusions of, uh, about your particular position. I also don't like the idea of that because I, I mean, I I feel like it's pretty unrealistic unrealistic to say for me to have an opinion on military spending, I have to become an expert. Mm. No, I, I on understand. Yeah, how the how the what about the military and government funding and how all of that shit works i feel like it's impossible to know all that information so then i personally get very discouraged when i want to form an opinion about those things mm. especially yeah. political issues because i find the idea of becoming an expert in any of those fields impossible and so that's why i try to find people who have already done that mm -hmm. and whose opinions I can trust. But then again, yeah. no, I, I agree. here we are at the beginning. What sources can we trust yeah, yeah. and not trust? 
Yeah, exactly. It's and here we are at the end of another uh-huh. podcast where I don't well, know if I've learned anything because I feel like I'm at the beginning and I'm questioning my existence. Thank you. <laughs> well, we Thomas. we always you're you're right. We Long. always need to eventually trust source sources. And I I wasn't saying that we need to become experts in these fields. I was just saying that there's like a literature behind all these thoughts and and be more be we should be open to changing our opinion. Like like with the military one in particular, it, you need looking at other countries and just kind of getting a context for how other countries operates can help inform your opinion very strongly. That that's the conclusion. Those are all, all the ways to or those those are our list of ways to help you be more no critical. those are all the ways <laughs> well i i did kind of want to add that definitively no we're not adding anything we're no done. just statistics uh statistics are also very helpful understanding numbers are, that they're helpful in in general to evaluate these kinds of things but that that's the whole episode uh, oh i i did want to do one extra segment if, if that's fine okay i guess i can hold my bladder for a few more <laughs> okay minutes. uh this is, this is our new ending segment uh we can see if people like it it and it might be a beginning segment when i have debates or when we have interviews so it's it's called confessions and it's a Mm. it's when we confess things that we were wrong about things that we believed and we only recently learned that they were not true simone bless me simone for i have sinned So we did it in uh, Catholic school, you would say. All right, I'm I'm excited for this. All right, okay. give it to me, give it to me. Lay well, it out. Yeah, th- this was a a recent thing where I I used to believe that the the presidential I th- I thought that there was good reason to believe that it it just went back and forth between Republican and Democrat, and I I was looking back, uh, you know, and it was like we had we have Obama now, and then before that we had Bush for two terms, and then before that we had Clinton for two terms, and then. You know, Bush again, and so it, it seemed like it was just a, it had a cyclical nature. But I, I recently heard Nate Silver point out that the cyclical nature uh, of the presidency it only goes back like three terms. So it's it's like you have such a small sample size that you can't really say. It. He I think he summarized it by the the off the presidential office is, isn't a pendulum. Like you, you can't be highly confident in that. I, I was so confident I was like yeah whatever. Republic Republicans gonna win next time. It's it's a it's a certain thing. But I I've now amended that and not, or uh, I've changed it and I, I do not think that anymore. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what's gonna happen in in the future. It, it could be an, another Democrat in the presidency. So yep, that's my mm-hmm. confession. I was wrong definitely. I'm proud of you. Yep. Uh, you got, do you have any? Very or big no? of you. <laughs> yeah, I, sorry, putting you on the spot. If you, if you changed your opinion on anything, it's not getting new information. This confession, it's about something you believed that you could have that we could have looked up. You believed it strongly and you were wrong about it. Oh, I always believed that granddaddy long leg spiders were very poisonous and their fangs were just too small to bite. <laughs> I did hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I recently learned that this is completely untrue. When did you learn that? Thanks. Thanks to I fucking love science. I don't. I don't know. No, when did you learn I think the I truth? I learned it recently. When I learned the truth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was like last week. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. I yeah. was like, oh, and I looked it up. I looked up three or four other other sources to mm-hmm. confirm that this was yeah. true. And yeah, that's good. That's, exa- that's exactly like right. That, that's exactly the type of thing idiot. I want to get in. I want to uh, show. I want to show up in. Get in it this. in. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly the type of thing that I want to show up in this new segment. It's like things that we did believe we, we could have looked them up and we believed them strongly, but we were just wrong about them and we never really double checked them. And I, th- I think I'll get a good stream of these and oh, I'll also make it recent. You know, it's like, oh, I, d- I didn't believe in Santa Claus or something. You know, <laughs> Like that. that's not going to be really it. it I, I want it to be ca- kind of a humbling experience because only recently did I change my opinion on that thing. And only recently did you change your opinion on that thing. So I'd love to hear back from the listeners. Any opinions, questions? We'll probably read, we can probably read our listener, all our listener mail <laughs> on, on the next podcast. And I'm going to record the next podcast in the bathroom so that I can pee at will. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Have, have a good night. Bye. So that's our third episode. What did you think? You can rate us on iTunes at The Surplus Population. You can contact us at thesurpluspopulation at gmail.com. And we have a Twitter at surplusPop. All of the notes are in the description and also on our SoundCloud page. Have a good day.